Welcome to Mercado Commodity Conversations. I'm Robert Herman, and today I'm going to be talking with Olivia Agar about the backstory to the livestock markets. And uh, But before we do, I just want to talk about um, one of our partners that makes all this possible. People who listen to uh, the podcast before will know that um, we do have great supporters. Um, Western Union Business Solutions are uh, a great supporter. They... They're in an interesting space because globally they make it easily to move and manage uh, money and currencies across about 130 currencies and all across 20, 200 uh, different countries. But importantly for us, they're, they're also market specialists in transferring money in the agriculture sector. And we've found over the years that um, you come across a lot of interesting people in agriculture, people with passion, and Western Union Business Solutions are certainly that. So have a look if you've got money to move or commodities to trade or even just information on currency and movement of money, give Western Union Solutions a call. So today I'm going to just give a quick update, uh, which is what usually happens on these podcasts. It's a, the background stories to our further analysis that people can get on the Mercado website. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about wool and then grain and then hand back to Olivia to talk about the livestock sector. Uh, the thing, about the story about wool this week, and the backstory is that after two good weeks, the Australian wool market struggled. It mainly was impacted by the strong Aussie dollar, and the Aussie dollar has just been getting stronger and stronger, as everybody knows. This week, the uh, trade had to contend with around a seventy cent Aussie dollar, and that in the end weighed on it. There was one other short. Um, message that came out from AWEX which was a bit concerning and that was that there was a not very much high yielding wool so uh, the flip side to that is there was a lot of low yielding wool and that low yielding wool struggled to find orders and that weighed on the market as buyers um, competed for uh, small amounts of high yielding wool and had to deal with the um, low yielding wool. On the grain sector just uh, before I hand over to Olivia uh, this week or last night, Australian time, we had the WASD come out. So the USDA brings out their supply and demand estimates for the world. Um, there was very little change to what was expected and the markets hardly moved as a result of that. But uh, a couple of points came through. Feed production, so that's feed grains like um, feed wheat, uh, corn, barley and oats, is pre- is predicted to be up 5% across the global um spectre this year and that's continuing on with a really strong outlook for corn in um, in the US and those crops are coming along very nicely. The other factor was that they increased their wheat uh, estimations by 1% and that was mainly driven by good strong um, crop reports out of South America and, and the, the USDA noted that that was likely to continue to press prices downwards as the year unfolds. So that's briefly it from me. You can, as I said, you can get more from uh, the Mercado website. Olivia, what were you seeing this week in livestock markets? Yeah, thanks, Rob. Um, I'm just going to cover off on sheep meat markets today. Um, but we had MLA back to their full range of price data last week, which is a big relief for us because the market comments on a Friday were getting a bit uh, bland, I'd say, for, for livestock, just reporting on slaughter and yardings each week. So we've got our price data back now. Um, and last week was the first week of the normal indicators there. So 
when we left off uh, with the price indicators, it was back in uh, towards the end of March uh, when livestock market officers were allowed into sale yards. And back then, the Eastern States trade lamb indicator was at 873 cents per kilo carcass weight. And so we can officially say now that prices have gained ground then for trade lambs. We did see a bit of resistance come in this week, though. Um, right across the categories uh, for East Coast sow yards, we saw um, prices retract a little. It was all except the Merino lambs, I think, had a fall this week. And so the ESTLI was back to 914 cents per kilo carcass weight. Um, and even mutton, where we saw a few weeks ago, they were you know pushing rec- closer towards those record levels that we last saw in March. Um, they even lost ground this week as well, back 18 cents to 659 cents per kilo carcass weight. Uh, and on the supply side, uh, we have hit that winter and the seasonal lull that usually comes with it. Um, and last week we saw fewer lambs and sheep uh, at East Coast sale yards again, but it was only marginally down on the week prior. So there was a bit of shift as well in slaughter numbers last week. We saw both lamb and sheep has been tracking pretty well below the five-year average uh, for the last few weeks, but we did get a bit of a pickup in lamb slaughter. It was an 8% lift that put it just shy um, of the five-year average seasonal low that we get. But then on the other side of that, looking at sheep slaughter, we're still 31% under the five-year average. so pretty tight and still room to get tighter, I think, given we're only just starting winter. So that's pretty much the, the recap on what's going on in lamb and sheep markets for the week. But we did actually get some, some good data on the flock out of AVS this week. So they do their, um, their yearly commodity survey uh, that's released at the end of the May. And there was plenty of talk about the big headline numbers of the flock being downgraded again to 63.5 million head uh, for June this year. But we, we delved um, digger, uh, deeper into it a little bit this week and looked at the state data. And it was New South Wales, of course, that had the biggest decline in sheep numbers. So between June and um, June 2018 and 2019, the flock in New South Wales fell back 11%. And that actually means that the flock in New South Wales is almost halved in the last 20 years, which is quite incredible. Um, And then South Australia as well had another big fall over the last year, which isn't really a surprise because both New South Wales and SA really got the worst of the drought for sheep areas um, over the last few years. And then um, on the other side of flock news, Andrew Wood's report on Mercado this week he did an uptake of sheep offtake uh, and highly recommend anyone that's not familiar with what I mean by sheep, sheep offtake to have a look at the article, um, which explains it further. But basically it indicates whether the Australian flock is declining or increasing. Um, of course, it's been declining the last few years because of the East Coast drought. But with the rainfall that we did see early 2020, it's finally moved back into expansion phase in April so hopefully we get some more good winter and spring spring rainfall and that will keep going that's pretty much my update Rob thanks very much thanks Liv it's been great to chat Um, that report that Andrew Woods put out is something that uh, I think he can take a lot of credit for in establishing those uh, 
that sort of research, but it's a really good indicator. We'll also need to watch very closely, though, the, um, the weather because that will determine whether or not this flock starts to grow again, I think. So, uh, Liv, you have a great weekend. Um, thanks for being part of the Commodity Conversations this week. Thanks to everyone for listening. And as we said before, thanks very much to Western Union. Um, we really appreciate their support and uh, we look forward to chatting again next week. Thank you.